0: to give a shout-out this week to a very special listener, a young man who licked his way along the entire ridgeway, including all ley lines and minor tributaries. Bravo, lad, bravo. Even if you did forfeit your tongue to the wood things in the process. Of course, if you'd asked first, what on it? Others may ask and we will answer. And they may ask at we will fix you show at gmail.com Tonight answering to those who had the foresight to ask. Myself, Roger Hart, a prototype sex robot repurposed after a failed IPO. Ms. Lucy Boyes, Crouton Cruncher.
1: and Panzer. Spicy.
0: And Mr. Dave Concrete, the pornographer in chief. Good evening. Today's question is elaborate. Dear Fix Helpers, I am in dire and terrible need of a real, helpful and practical fix. My relationship with my parents is diseased, possibly beyond repair, I don't know. The terrible monsoon of hurt, or as I like to call it, the painy season, began when I was around 13 or 14 years old, although it's impossible for me to recall ever having been happy in their care prior to that. I just know that things I remember from that point onwards have been dire. I shan't bore you with the particulars, but my father is a dyed-in-the-wall textbook bully who inflicted a colourful variety of unpleasantness upon me, including deliberately giving me a phobia because he thought it was funny, and I've ended up with that thing where you get flashbacks and that. It took me a very long time, still ongoing really, to identify his behaviour towards me as actually abusive and not warranted because I am foul. During this time, my mum, bless her, we'll get to her in a minute, and my brother, the light of my life, did their absolute best to shield me from this baffling, vindictive hatred of me. But my mum is, in her own way, desperately weird to me as well. Part of it is living with dad. The other part is that her own mother was vile to her too. But either way, she is controlling, manipulative, and oftentimes wantonly hurtful. It's almost harder to deal with her than dad, because at least I can accept that dad's a write-off. With mum, I know her motivation is love and protection. But that doesn't mean that a hysterical merry-go-round of emotional manipulation and gaslighting is okay either. What I ask of you is this. I have spent most of my adult life in therapy trying to unpick their porcupine barbs from my brain. I have worked my fingers to the bone to get where I am. Actually okay. However, it has been wearing. I am now tired of psychoanalysis and self-care and recovery, I have altogether ceased talking to my father. But mum still insists on coming to visit me, to be passive-aggressively cross with me for not being the good heterosexual Christian daughter, I am a man, that she wanted. She's coming to visit not this weekend, but the one after. What do I do? Ms. Boys, how does one weather the painy season?
1: I mean, this, this was not sort of, not unreminiscent of bits of my own childhood. I think my first piece of advice, and I, I don't entirely know how serious I'm being, but probably more than I ought to be, is kill your dad. I mean, seriously, we had a kind of similar dynamic, and my dad dying was probably the most positive change in my parental relationship. You know, my mum not perfect, but she has mellowed out a lot since then, so if you can swing it, just kill the bad guy. Just bump him off, get him done. Simple. Yeah, effective. Practical. I like it. I think sort of beyond that, particularly with the relationship with your mother, you give a lot of the answers, or at least sort of the seeds of the answers, in your own letter. So you say, um, you know, my mum still insists on coming to visit to be passive aggressively cross with me for not being the good heterosexual Christian daughter she wanted. Mm-hmm. OK, that's what she insists, but why are you letting her insist that? And I mean this sort of from two angles. I mean, one, you're a man, not the good heterosexual... Good heterosexual Christian daughter your mother wanted that must have taken a certain degree of being okay with not being what the world expects with you I mean I think if you were still super hung up on living other people's expectations you might not have gone down that path or not done it at the time that you did so why is your mother different in terms of other people's expectations why does what she wants get enough weight in your head that it still bothers you to some extent and the other angle of that is well you know you've managed to cut off contact with your dad but your mum insists But you still get to choose how much contact and when, and that can be nothing, that can be in person, that can be we're talking on the phone but I'm hanging up if you start talking about what a disappointment I am again. And you also say that you know her her motivation is love and protection, but that doesn't mean that her hysterical merry-go-round of emotional manipulation and gaslighting is okay either. So I think you know at least on an intellectual level that the second part of that sentence is true. I would encourage you to think about what is harder about this than cutting off contact with your dad and how much of it is tied up in the fact that you think her behaviour is motivated from a place of love rather than a place of baffling abuse and hatred. I mean, from my perspective, it doesn't really matter what the motivation behind the behaviour is if the behaviour is still actively unpleasant for you. The effect on you is the same whether the person secretly really, really loves you or not. And also, you don't have to take behaviour that's unpleasant because you think they're trying, because you think they actually love you, or because you think you owe them that because they're trying and they love you. You said, you know, that doesn't make the gaslighting the hysteria okay, and it's not okay. Just because she's not a 100% irredeemable monster doesn't mean you have to take it. I think this is really, really hard when you've got one parent who is kind of clearly a bit more fully human than the other, but still does hurtful stuff. It's very easy to write off the completely monstrous one and still feel you've got to redeem something with the less monstrous one I think in terms of practical steps figure out the specific behaviours and topics that she brings up that smother you or irritate you or make you feel bad and inadequate and make a list of those and then also make a list of what is good in the relationship and be honest with yourself about what that is and how much of it there is I think you should remember that the love of a person who expresses their love through hysteria and disagreeable is not actually necessarily nourishing. I mean, does it make you feel loved, or is it more like you kind of intellectually know you're loved, but you don't actually feel that when you're having this interaction with the parent? I mean, it's a big kind of idea in society that you're not supposed to get conditional love from parents. The default is an expectation of unconditional love, but actually conditional love from parents is very much a thing, Everyone deserves at least some unconditional love from someone, but that someone might not be your mum and she might not be capable of doing that. And so, so take your list of the stuff she does that really bothers you and take your list of the stuff that you're actually getting out of the relationship. What would feel better? What would be your kind of ideal ratio of good to bad there? And I think figuring that out gives you some idea of how salvageable that relationship is and what your kind of short and long term plans for it might be. if you could tolerate a kind of smaller overall percentage of the judgy, shamey stuff as long as she would take no for an answer or drop the subject if you pushed back or asserted a boundary, then that's probably salvageable. Work on asserting those boundaries and see if you can kind of reduce the overall stress of the interactions. There's some ways you can do that. You've got your sort of basic behavioural conditioning stuff you set a hard boundary you reinforce it every time she crosses it you know by physically leaving hanging up the phone if she insists on talking like that i've told you i'm not comfortable with this i'm not doing it again just being very firm emotionless if you can i think another thing and this is very hard if you're kind of entrenched in a difficult parent-child dynamic you are still allowed to tell her how you feel you don't have to play the game of never talking about how it makes you feel when she does stuff that makes you feel bad not in a kind of big emotional way, I would say again, be as kind of steady and emotionless as you can. But you can, you're can. you well within your rights to say things like, you know, when you do all say this, it makes me feel that and that's really unpleasant, especially coming from a parent. I don't want to feel that way and if you can't respect that, then we're going to have to significantly rearrange the terms of our contact. This, you're probably going to get some hysterical pushback on that because that tends to be where this type of parent goes to next. You can stay calm. Every time the boundary gets tested, just reiterate it. Give her a bit of time on her own after she crosses the boundary, not freezing her out, not ignoring her on purpose, just not being as communicative or responsive as you might be for a bit. Just let her kind of think about what she's done and just rinse and repeat. Even if she's stoking the fires of hysteria, just do not rise to it. And I think, again, if you want to save the relationship, the other thing to remember is you've got so much more power than it feels like, especially with that entrenched parent-child dynamic, especially as your parents get older. Even weird abusive parents still seem to want some kind of relationship with their adult kids, and I think if you, you know, you still have the power to unilaterally revoke that relationship if you want to and if you think Mm -hmm. it's warranted. You know, on a few occasions I've had to say, if you want to continue to have a relationship with me, your adult child, you will need to do or not do X to my mother. And at the time she will pout and claim she doesn't care if she never sees us again because she is emotionally a child, but in the long run it does actually kind of seem to stick. And as I've said, you get way more control over when, where and how much. There's no more of your mother insisting you get to push back hard. We're doing one phone call a month or one visit a year and it's on your terms. If that's you going to her or a neutral location or no staying over, whatever it has to be. Or we don't meet in person, we do text and email occasionally. There's a bunch of different degrees of communication that you can choose. You know, try and get one where she feels like she's still got something, but you're not constantly smothered by her. And then I think if it doesn't seem salvageable based on your kind of weighting of good to bad, you get to cut contact. It doesn't matter if she loves you, you know, cultural understandings of love generally involve a degree of wanting the person you love to be happy and fulfilled. And if your parent can't understand that, what kind of love is their love? And I think, once again, this is a time to give zero fucks about what anyone else thinks. You know, if you end up splitting ways, you're both going to get to kind of write your own histories when you tell it. There will be some people your parents know who will get the long story about how you are the worst and most ungrateful child ever for spurning them, in spite of everything they did for you. Yeah, in spite of everything they did for you. (laughs) But actually, you know, how many fucks do you give about what Aunt Susie thinks of you when she hears that story? You know, the people who are important in your life know you better than these people. There's nothing you can do to change your parents' perceptions of you if you could that relationship probably would be salvageable. And it was also a sort of phenomenon that's been recognised where this kind of abuse tends to come with like a weird side of narcissism. You get a lot of parents whose kids have cut them off moaning on forums endlessly about how terrible their children are. And anybody who's not a narcissist can read that immediately and see that it's just a tirade of self-involvement. So, again, people who hear your parents and believe them, doesn't matter what they think. Anyone saying will hear your parents and understand that there is something more going on there. I think finally, you know, you say you've done a bunch of self-analysis and therapy and you're in a better place, and that is really great. I would normally kind of suggest therapy to something like this, but it sounds like you have that down. I think, that being said, it's still okay to feel kind of long-term sad about having had suboptimal parents. It's one of those things that is meant to be good by default in society, and it can be really hard when it turns out not good for you specifically, especially when the overwhelming cultural messages. These people were amazing for you, and actually the reality didn't really match up with that. I mean. I sometimes read sort of online threads about parenting and there are people who are trying to make their kids like resilient and emotionally secure and able to deal with the world and I've had moments of your kids are there to fucking knock about and humiliate because they're weaker than you like that's so deeply ingrained that I'm like why would you be nice to your kids and care about them um, that's not going to change quickly even with lots of therapy it may be a lifelong sore spot for you but I don't think it has to be the one that defines you
0: that's brilliant um, i think that's a bunch of really good advice
1: i know it's not really what we're here for but...
0: no i mean like i'm, I'm going to say some similar things but yours is like the thoughtful version of my whingy take on the same subject matter
2: so you say you've already cut off your father and and
1: I'd cut him up if you followed my advice
2: mm so let's let's focus on let's focus on dear old mum Mum who, who wanted something else. will give the people what they want. You have your life. You have it presumably roughly how you want it. Take the grim caricature, OTT, everything all at once version of what you believe your mother to want and do that. Just make it, utterly repellent basically do the do the reverse psychology they will see that you are happy in who you are and you will have proven yourself right in fine style uh and discourage them from ever broaching it again so when they arrive caked on slap just layers of of crude badly blended makeup Pinafore has to be a pinafore, like proper bullshit pink or gingham bake-off shit. Housecoat. Uh, making making a cake, mm. singing "Onward, Christian Soldiers" loudly as you do it. That's the only way to do it. And it's got to be How a. How le- do a cake with
1: the power of the Lord? Is it's
2: got to be a lemon drizzle cake as well. It's kind of it's the most parochial of cakes.
0: The most heteronormative dessert
2: yeah i mean what could be yeah and also it's rectangular like you, you took the one like the victoria sponge at least is round that's 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 some effort whereas lemon lemon drizzle cake is rectangular it's like who even gives a fuck this is a small sticky loaf no one's trying here this is the most parochial of cakes do all of that every now and then whenever you have a spare moment grab the hands of anyone nearby and force them into prayer like drop to your knees assuming that you are younger than me and your knees will withstand that sort of business dragging them down with you and belt out prayers that you have invented on the spot make them really personal make them about the people you're with and how thankful you are for traits that maybe they don't even know that they have or are uncomfortable to admit. Just really drive this home for as long as you conceivably can. And I guarantee that they will either disown you, in which case...
1: Turns out they didn't want what they wanted.
2: Yeah. Or they will ask you never to do this again. Either way, you were right.
1: Dear Lord, I thank you for Teresa and the punky smell of pickled onions from her armpits. It is unlike any other.
2: And dear Lord, thank us for the stoutness of her arm hair. She looks like a cartoon Frenchman.
1: She can withstand many demons in the underarm region. The bristles of the Lord protect her. I'm not any good at praying. I haven't done it for a long time.
2: I've never done it, but I assume it's just like that.
1: I don't think I've said for any good, I don't know what meant to be doing. No. It's always felt very
2: insincere. Yeah. I'm sorry, I've never been religious and I've always gone with my family. I'm not sure what to do here. Mm. I feel like an all-out assault on everyone else's values is, is the best thing to present.
1: Yes. A crass mocker of everything they believe
2: in.
0: Yeah. Who doesn't like that. that? I'm down with that. I don't really have a great deal to add. I kind of... My own childhood was a, a far less toxic version of what, what our questioner describes still with its own things. My my dad was an archetypal bully but never quite abusive. I mean, well, I mean, the occasional spanking and intimidation I probably do think of as child abuse these days but at the time it was just seen as character building. Um, He's in many ways a terrible human being but with hindsight I just sort of feel bad for him. It's all quite fragile.
1: I'm also just sort of fascinated by the long-running mindset that character is a thing one builds by Beatles. knocking down someone with less power than you.
0: Yeah, well, British Empire.
1: mm
0: mm-hmm. um, So, you know, I had a childhood overshadowed by a, a father with manifest anger management issues, but who was never actually violent or you know, abusive, really, all told. Like, I never felt... I felt intimidated a lot of the time, but never unsafe. Uh, never physically unsafe, psychologically unsafe the entire fucking time. And it took me a long time to unpick it as being as problematic as it was. Um, And, you know, fast forward to the present day, I've got this very patchy relationship with a man with a lot of horrible opinions. Um, We were talking the other day and um, I was treated to a tirade about how women shouldn't be allowed to train as doctors because they just keep going and having babies and that annoys everyone. I pushed a little on this, and apparently it was tremendously inconvenient that he hadn't been able to see the same GP a couple of times in a row because of all of these bloody babies. In Uh, what world do you ever get to see the same GP more than once? 1970-something, which is Mm. what it is in his head. Mm. I I, I, I bring this up because somewhere between being a frightened child with a home life that felt, not physically, but psychologically massively unsafe... awkward little queer kid, badly bullied, whose parents didn't understand that they were dealing with. They, they just weren't good with my shit. They were... It wasn't exactly jocks raising a nerd, but they'll do as an analogy. Um, again, not, not far milder version of the, the sort of things our questioner is talking about. From that, from that massive dysfunction to a situation where I, I call my dad once a week, we get on kind of, okay, I find his opinions loathsome, but I mostly kind of laugh them off. And the thing that changed in the interim was... Actually a bit like what it sounds like you've done with your dad, which is just I stopped talking to him for a while. He said some very, very hurtful things at one point, um and I just decided, nope, we're done. Um, I don't air yeah, that massively in public. I think actually even he would have the decency to be embarrassed by some of it and yeah, but uh, it was it was deeply unkind and it was deeply unpleasant, and I was deeply hurt by it, and I said, well, I'm sorry. That wasn't okay, which I think was the last thing I said to him for about two years. And we got back in touch gradually and sort of reassembled a relationship. Um, It sounds like your dad is pretty far too toxic to try this, but I do sort of almost wonder if just cutting your mum out of your life for a bit and then rebuilding the relationship on your own terms might not work. It's a more drastic version of the sensible, measured stuff Ms. Boyce suggests.
1: But it does do that—give them a bit of space to think about the actual consequences of their actions, which people who tend to escalate to hysteria quickly mm. don't often do a lot of on their own without prompting. Mm. It's a useful tool if you need her to do some of that; she's not going to come to it herself.
0: And I think—I don't know—I I don't want to be quite as supercilious as oh, uh, well, I gave my dad some time to think about what he'd done. He hasn't learned that much from the transaction, but he certainly—and it certainly hasn't changed his loathsome opinions—but <laughs> he certainly understands that our relationship has some give-and-take. It's not completely unconditional. It's not completely built into the world. It's not infrastructure. Um, there has to be a bit of give-and-take. And when he really pushes my buttons, I will say, I'm sorry, We can we just not talk about this? Because I'm not going to be able to continue to be civil. Which is not the best. I should probably handle that better. No, that's no, no, so, okay. I'm, I've, I've run to the end of my tether with trying to educate him as well. Like some of the horrifying opinions, of the the sexism, the racism, mm-hmm. the, oh, the racism is pretty fucking bad. So we're just having a laugh, in it. Well, it's that and then some. I, I have this abiding—it's been this has been on my mind all day because of the mild threat of nuclear war. Um, but um, I had this abiding childhood memory of every time a news story featuring the Middle East came on screen, he would uh, sort of chuckle and say, <laughs> sort the unpleasant racial slur out, little nuke never hurt anyone, eh? If you were writing a really, really unkind caricature of Daily Mail readers, you'd still come out with something nicer than that. Um, sometimes I consider I should push back on these horrible opinions or try and educate it away educate away from the pathological behaviours, and it's just...
1: Sometimes let's just not talk about this as yeah. the butter that keeps a not-great relationship kind of on its yeah. legs.
0: Yeah, a risk of sounding...
1: Butter keeps
2: showing on your legs, right? God, yeah. keeps That's it's the butter yeah. mm-hmm. mm. Hypertension. Mm. You can't bend your knees. Not at all. Your head would explode. Salt. Just torrents of blood and dairy products. Impressive.
0: Oily blood. But yeah, at risk of sounding just a bit too internet person. And maybe this is just my excuse for being lazy, and if I maybe if I were a better person, I'd try and try a bit harder to educate him, but I just don't think I owe the world that emotional labour. I, I, this is just another version of single self-care song, I know, and I know we do that all the time, but I found that sometimes that's I can be yeah, sometimes I can be bothered and sometimes I can't, and a lot of the time I just say, Look, I'm sorry, we can we talk about something else, or can we just not talk about this, or could you maybe not make racist jokes around me? I I think that's not alright. And I'll sometimes hang up the phone or whatever, but it. There's a lot of value in setting boundaries and rebasing is what I'm saying. I'm just giving a more waffly anecdotal version of what what this boy said. It was good advice. I mean... My dad's a bit of a dick with loathsome opinions as opposed to being actively toxic, but...
1: It's a spectrum. Yeah.
2: My parents are quite nice. Sorry.
1: You're one of the very few people I've met for whom that's true.
2: I know, it makes Christmas weird. Like just watching everyone else time, on Twitter time. having an awful time is just so oh, we having
0: some cocktails yeah I know some people with okay-ish parents that have okay-ish relationships with them but yeah I think you're the only person I know it's actually actively all fine
1: I'm sort of baffled as an adult by people who, as adults and children, saw their parents as an actual port of call for help. Because mm. I would have just been humiliated by them for not already knowing how to do whatever the problem was. I've been help. stupid enough to getting into it in the first place. Like the thought that your parents are people who help you is extremely strange to me.
0: Yeah, my as a child, as a badly bullied child, my dad mocked me for my weakness, and my mum just didn't know how to cope. She was moderately nice about it, but holy fuck!
1: He does bullet.
0: Yeah. Oh, if you do go with the kill your parents thing, it's <laughs> a really strong. We, we've advocated a few times. Um, I just want you to remember that that's just massively net positive politically. Mhm.
1: Mhm.
0: If more people had done that a few years ago, we wouldn't have all this Brexit shit.
2: Mm. I hope you emailed us through Tor.